Hello, and thank you for downloading this episode of the Malted Muse podcast. Okay, enough is enough. I have waited long enough. Some time ago, I wanted to do an episode about Penderin. I wanted to talk about the distillery, the whiskey, and match a story to it. But I wanted it to be right. So I looked at it. I waited, thought, considered all those sorts of things I contacted the distillery made sure I got the information right got some more information from them waited some more considered some more but you know something there are times when you just have to put such things aside and just get on with it and this is one of those times I've waited long enough let's do an episode about Penderin Penderin is a, is different in many ways. Let's start with the obvious. It's Welsh. In fact, it's from the Brecon Beacons, a Welsh mountainous area in the southern part of Wales. When I was an adolescent, I was on a hiking trip with 424 Squadron of the Air Training Corps. I had my first taste of bacon then. Well, the first I can remember anyway right there in the Brecon Beacons. I was the only cadet from the squadron subunit in Totten in Hampshire. The rest were all from the main base in Southampton. Now they loved the bacon. Personally, I couldn't stand it. To me, it was just a mouthful of greasy, salty yuckiness. However, over time, I've come to like bacon. Now this is not the same for my experience of Welsh whisky. I like Penderin's whisky right from the first taste. Now I can't say that about the Prince of Wales whisky which I had before which actually is not from Penderin and it's not even a Welsh whisky even though it's labelled as such. But that's a different story altogether. That's a story of deception, of legal action, and of a bad taste in my mouth. Anyway, let's get back to Penderin. Penderin Distillery was founded at the start of this new millennium, and it's grown from strength to strength. In fact, I believe it is now at full capacity, and may be looking to either add another still or expand in some other form. Penderin is a very different whisky, and it's different in many ways. Now let's start at the beginning, the making of the mash. We must remember this is a Welsh whisky, and by that it means that it's free from some of the regulations put down by the SWA, It doesn't have to please the SWA because it's not even pretending to be Scotch. This is Welsh. Now, if it were Scottish, then one of the stipulations it would have to meet was the fact that all the mashing and fermenting would have to be done on site. But it's not Scottish, so that doesn't need to happen. In fact, 
in Penderin, the mash is produced to their stipulated, I think it's 8% ABV, very strong stipulation of what that mash is, is got to be, but it comes from S&A Brain, which is a Cardiff Brewers, which has been going along giving off high quality beer for absolutely ages. They are the source of Penderin's mash. This comes up on a weekly basis and normally a brewery will boil up the mash or the wash to clear it out, to make it absolutely clear, ready for to, to be drunk as a beer. It gets rid of the lactic acid which is inside of it that, that causes the cloudiness. Now that can be a problem if you are then going to use that to make whiskey from. So what does Penderin do to overcome this? Well, what they do is they then take this wash and put it into a heated tank and actually add more lactic acid to it before distillation is commenced. Now, once they've done that, that then takes it on to the next stage, which is going through to the still. Now, as I said before, Penderin is Welsh. It's not under the watchful eye of the SWA, and therefore it has got the ability to use a different type of still, as well as using a different process with the, with the mashing, with the wash. And the different still that they use here is one that is very different indeed. The Penderin still is a pot still, in a way. It's a continuous still, well, in a way. In fact, it's more like an advanced Lohmann still, except this has got two columns. Now, this was designed by Dr. David Faraday, who's a direct descendant of Sir Michael Faraday, who became famous for his work with electromagnetics a long time ago. So let's just think about this still for a moment. For those of you not familiar with the, with the idea of a continuous still or a Lohmann still, imagine a traditional pot still, but this one's heated by steam. The steam coil inside heats up the, the, the liquid inside and that releases these wonderful alcoholic spirit vapours they brush against the copper and they are cleaned by this copper interaction. They would then go up the neck of, of the pot still and depending on the shape of that neck and the height of that neck there'll be different degrees of reflux. Well in this case it's a straight neck but there's perforated copper plates at various intervals going through it. The spirit hits, the vapours hit these plates, some pass through, others don't, they condense, they fall back and they are re-vaporised again. But when they get to the top of this still, instead of going down a line arm and into a condensor or into a worm, it goes through a set of pipes that takes it through to a second column where there are more of these perforated pipes. And I think it's actually on the seventh pipe, that um, seventh plate that it gets to before it is then drawn off, ready to go through to the spirit safe and ready to then go off to be put into casks. 
Now, the alcohol that comes out of this is 92% alcohol by volume. Now, that is very high. In fact, so high, I've got a sneaky feeling that within Scotland, it might be too high um, to be accepted. Now the other thing that this does is that because it's so high it also means it has a purity about it. A lot of those um, impurities that are taken out by the charcoal layer inside the cask is actually taken out before it's even got to that point. It's taken out through this distillation process. A lot of undesirable chemical compounds are removed by this con almost continuous still type approach. It's a very interesting still indeed and there could be the risk that by having too rigorous a distillation process that it puts up the ABV but reduces the amount of flavour. Now that's not what they're saying at Penderin. At Penderin they are claiming that yes it lifts up the ABV but it produces clean but still very flavorful spirit and that they can do with this one still what other distilleries would take two or three distillations to achieve one of the drawbacks and this does separate it from being a continuous still in a continuous still you can very quickly get a high level of alcohol and produce a lot of it very quickly with this still that's not the case yes you get a high level of alcohol but they're only producing i think it's only one cask of spirit per day from this system but what they are saying is that that one cask is very good quality. Okay, so they're being very different when it comes to making the, the wash, making that mash. They are being very different when it comes to the distillation. Okay, well what about the maturation? Are they being different at this point? and yes they are indeed and I have a sneaky feeling that a Dr Jim Swan who's been mentioned in previous episodes has had to play to do with this as well. What they're doing here is they're using a two wood system and that brings in a, a, a balance of, of influences from these woods. So the first one they're bringing in for that initial maturation is going to be ex-bourbon barrels and then I, I don't know how long it's then kept in it for that first maturation but after that it's then moved over to and forgive me if I'm pronouncing this wrong but to Portuguese barriques which are ex-Madeira wine casks so that is going to have a completely different influence on the spirit than the bourbon barrels have getting that balance right is the thing that's really important and I believe that getting that balance right the assessment of that is done using people's noses it's a matter of skill and craft and that personal touch now let's just think back just for a moment to these bourbon barrels the bourbon barrels that they're using 
come from two main sources. A high proportion of them come from the Buffalo Trace Distillery. The others are coming from Evan Williams Distilleries. Now, Evan Williams was a Welshman. And it's quite interesting, I think, that back in 1705, that the Evan Williams family actually had a distillery in Dale in Pembrokeshire, which is in Wales, way back then. And Evan Williams was a Welshman. He emigrated over to America and was part of the key figures, or one of the key figures over there, that started off the American bourbon industry. And now Penderin, Welsh distillery, are using Evan Williams casks to mature whiskey in Wales. So in many ways it's come full circle and I think that's brilliant. Now the marketing of the whiskey is also good. The bottles are simple but they're, yet they're classy with a streak of gold across the bottle which represents the fact that the Welsh whiskey is as precious, as special as Welsh gold. Even the Penderin Whiskey Club is different. The whiskey clubs or similar things to those are not that uncommon. In fact, many distilleries have some form of loyalty group, be that a committee like Ardbeg, a friend like Lefroigs, an explorer like Glen Phillips, or a guardian like the Glenlivet, or, or whatever. And normally they're free to join, and in my view are well worth it. I've been sent some wonderful stuff, and I've been given some brilliant information from such su such schemes. In fact, I spoke of them recently. Um, OMG, Oh My Glen Livet, an episode recently that was talking about the guardians of Glen Livet and the wonders of being one. At Penderin, however, it's different. It's not free to join. In fact, there is a fee of £99. Now that seems like a lot of money, but that fee does last for three years and you do get something from it. You get, for example, two bottles, 70 centiliters, not miniatures, but two 7CL bottles of Penderin single malt whiskey. You get one free 70 centiliter bottle of either the Brecon Special Reserve Gin, the Brecon 5 Vodka, or the Merlin Cream Liqueur. You get a free visit to the distillery with a free tour and a tasting at the Distillery Visitors Centre for four people. A 10% discount on all Penderin products purchased on their website or in the Visitors Centre. You get a lapel badge and you get information about new releases, expressions, special offers and merchandise and things like that. So that, that I have to say is quite a package that's for £99 and as I said it lasts for three years. The final difference is that you need not worry about the old debate or whether or not whiskey should be spelt with 
or without an E. This is Welsh. So you can use the Welsh spelling, which is W-Y-S-G-I, Whisgy. Although, interestingly, the website doesn't seem to be available in Welsh. Now, I may be wrong on that, but I couldn't see that as an option. Now, at the beginning of this, I spoke a little bit about the location of the distillery, the fact it's in the mountainous area in the south of Wales, known as the Brecon Beacons, and that that meant something to me as an adolescent, and I've been there a few times since. The location of the distillery lends it to being associated with some of the greatest stories ever told. Forget Harry Potter. This is the land of Merlin. Forget Lord of the Rings. This is the land of the Mabinogion. This is the land of cult TV shows such as The Prisoner and Torchwood. But it's a land of many strong legends, poets, artists, playwrights, singers. The list goes on. The story I would like to link to this distillery, however is none of these. The story I link to this is that of Sabrina, and it's only a very short story. The story begins with King Locrinus, son of High King Brutus, the founder of Britain. Locrinus took an army to the north to fight the Huns who had successfully invaded the area that was to become Scotland. Locrinus was victorious, but during that time they captured some prisoners and he fell in love with one of those prisoners, a woman by the name of Estrildis. Locrinus, he had a big problem with this because he was already promised in marriage to the daughter of Corinius, the second in command to Brutus. His daughter was Gwendolyn. Now the solution that Locrinus came to was to marry Gwendolyn and keep the peace, but to hide Estrildis in a secret dwelling. And he visited her for seven years, and during that time fathered a child by her, who they called Habrin or, in Latin, Sabrina. Now, when Corinus dies, Locrinus leaves Gwendolyn and marries Estrildis. Gwendolyn is absolutely furious about this and raises an army and fights back. It's a big battle. It's a bloody battle. And during the battle, Locrinus is killed. Gwendolyn victorious decides to take her revenge and Estrildis and the innocent Sabrina are taken to a river to be drowned. Now some say that Sabrina did not drown but was so innocent, so pure, so beautiful that the fairies of the river or the spirits, the water sprites, call them what you will, they saw her there and decided that this fair creature should not drown. So they rescued her 
and instead of her drowning they took her safely to the kingdom that lay beneath the river. The river then took her name and to this day is known as the River Severn. Now I chose this story and this might sound like a rather weak link because I feel that Sabrina's life within the river has some relation in a way to the Welsh whisky. There is a familiarity about living there. There are those things about life that we all identify with, of sleeping, of getting up, of eating, of drinking, of life itself. Just as there is with this whisky and other whiskies, there's those common aspects to it. And yet it is also different. It's a different type of whisky, just as Sabrina's life there would have been a different type of existence. And it's those things that make it unique. And this is a unique whisky. I'm recording this bit in the car. I'm on my way somewhere because earlier on in the podcast when I was recording the podcast I mentioned a character from a famous series of films and books called Harry Potter and that gave me an idea of where would be a good place to taste some of this Penderin whiskey. So I'm taking two of my three daughters to the cinema. Now one of them is underage so she won't be taking part in this. The other one, however, is over the legal drinking age in the UK and I just want to give that reassurance to people that I'm not encouraging underage drinking here. My daughter, who's doing the tasting, or will be doing the tasting, is over the legal drinking age in the UK. However, quite often she sounds a lot younger and I think I might be catching her by surprise here because she doesn't know anything about this yet. Let's see how it goes. Hold that a second. And then we can talk. See, as I've just said... in Yeah, in the podcast... In the podcast, I said... Forget Harry Potter. This is where Merlin comes from, right? This is the land of Merlin. Okay. So where better than to taste a bit of Penderin? Oh, Dad, we're going to get told off. Where better than to have a bit of Penderin? Where's the flask? Than in the film <laughs> Harry Potter. Dad, you can smell it over here. <laughs> if you get us to tell this film, I'll never forgive you. Dad. Oh my god, you're like a child. So here we've got Penderin, Madeira finished. I'm definitely going to need the toilet in the middle of the <laughs> So here we've got Penderin, Madeira finished, 46% ABV, Welsh whiskey. Obviously, in these little metal thimble things that we've got, we can't see the colour, but we can go for the nose. <laughs> it smells sweet. Keep you, get your voice up, Phil. It smells sweet. You don't have to whisper. I do have to whisper in the cinema. It smells sweet. Come on, then. Let's go for a taste. Mmm. It tastes very sweet. 
it's unusual. It is unusual, isn't it, Faye? And it does have that sweetness to it. But you can also pick up that winey, madeiry influence there on the aftertaste. Mm. Raisins, plums. I can't concentrate. Do you think this would be a good whiskey to watch Harry Potter to? Yeah, that's what I'm going to save someone for when the film starts. The Faith. What? We're about to watch Harry Potter. When was the last time you saw a Harry Potter film? When I was in Norway with a Stephanie and my friends. Right, go on, tell us about that. At the cinema. At the cinema. Yeah. I was in Norway. Speak we were... up. Get it close to your mouth. <clears throat> yeah, go on. We got the bus all the way into the city, the city to go see the new Harry Potter film in Norwegian. Well, mm. it had subtitles, and we had to wait until ten o'clock at night to see it. It was minus twenty six outside, and there was a we missed uh, the bus after the minus twenty six. Yeah, we missed the bus after the film, and we had to wait at the bus stop for another three hours into the night for the next bus back to the school. We didn't get home until about three o'clock in the morning. So at minus six. Early hours of the morning. 26. Minus 26, early hours of the morning in Norway. How welcome would a glass of this Penderen been for you then? Well, it would have been welcome, but probably would have uh, ruined the rest of my night, seeing as it's legal to drink in public places in Norway. Ah, yeah. And you can't say And you wouldn't have been nailed back into the school? I wouldn't, and I would have had to stay outside all night long. Yeah. But no, you finished at Norway now, you're back home. <laughs> But you're not staying back home for long, are you? What's happening soon? I'm going on a trip with Sam. He's your brother? He's my brother, yeah. Tell us about that trip then, Fev. What's it called? <clears throat> Why are you doing it? Where are you going? It's called the Clean Europe Expedition. We're doing it because we both love to travel and we're also interested in the environment. And we're going to travel around Northern Europe on a bicycle to see if it's possible to see the sights and save the planet. So our aim is to travel around Northern Europe without making any carbon impact on the environment. Right. So how are you doing that? On push bikes? On push bikes. So yours is a so recycled push bike at that, isn't it? Both of them are recycled push bikes, yeah. Yes, on push bikes, sailboats, camping, solar showers. Mm-hmm. And what's the, the what's the route going to be, oh, roughly? It's going to be roughly like across to Belgium from England on a sailboat and then up through the Netherlands through Germany over to Sweden then up all the way to the top of Norway then down through Russia Finland. Uh, the top of Norway is then up into the Arctic Circle it is yeah and then down through Finland Latvia Lithuania Estonia Poland Czech Republic back into Germany so on and just so on. Until we get home. Until you get home. And how long do you think it's going to take you? How many miles per day are you planning on doing? Four months, 50 miles per day. For the first two weeks, two days on, one day off. Oh, right. So you're going to have off days as well? In the end, the first few weeks. Yeah, so that'll give you time to recuperate or to catch up. And if people want to follow you or know, you know, find out more, mm-hmm. how would they do that? We have a blog on WordPress called Clean Europe. Right, so um, what would the full address of that be? CleanEurope.wordpress.com Okay. And we also have a Facebook page called Clean Europe. And now I'm feeling 
it's getting quiet in here and I'm feeling <laughs> really naughty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, just have a little bit more of the, of the pen, Darren. Tell us a little bit more about this, how you feel about the pen, Darren. Well, I like Ardbeg's and smoky whiskies. Mm-hmm. And this is not really smoky, it's really sweet. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's nice and smooth, though. Yeah, and it's still warm in the throat and it's quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Faith. All right. Can you oh. Well, thank you again for listening to this episode of the More to Muse podcast. If you haven't heard them already, there is a back catalogue of other episodes available on iTunes. And if anybody wants to contact me, they can do so. My email address is jim at themaltedmuse.com. There's the website, www.themaltedmuse.com. And there's also Twitter, Twitter at themaltedmuse. So thank you again for listening. I hope you'll listen next week. And until then, thank you and goodbye.